Hey Hope family, what an incredible joy it is to get to be with you today. I just am so thankful for this time, envisioning uh, you all there for worship this Sunday evening, and I am incredibly honored to have the time to be together with you, and especially to be together in the Word of God. It's been such an exciting season, uh, hearing updates through the elders and in staff meetings and seeing posts on Realm. We are so thankful for all that God is doing among you there, and so thankful for your love and care for my family here and our immense love for you all there. And so grateful that all of us are together in the kingdom of God, in the work of God, wherever we are around the world. You are so loved and I'm just so thankful to be together with you today. If you're a guest with us, we are especially honored uh, that you're here and welcome to a church that we love without words, beyond words. And we are so thankful and so grateful that you're here with us tonight. Let's pray together, Hope family, and then let's dive in together. Father, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for the incredible privilege and joy and honor of this time. I'm just so thankful to be together with our Hope family. I want to pray now that you would just touch each one in this space or listening by podcast, that you would touch them deeply and give them a sense of peace and a sense of your presence. I pray that you would encourage in this time. I pray that you would build up, and I pray that you would move in particular power. Father, we know that our study of the word is always infused with the Holy Spirit because you are the author of the scriptures, and every time we open the scriptures, you are there engaging our hearts, and we thank you for this unparalleled gift of an encounter with the true and the living God. We pray that you would take those scriptures this evening and that you would touch our hearts in great power. Father, in tender places, in deep places, that you would open us up and with your divine scalpel, that you would just do a work on us now. I pray when we leave, we would be full of joy, we'd be full of encouragement, and that you would have done your work on us for your glory. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you love us. And we thank you that you're with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was 22 years ago in June of 99 that I received one of the greatest immeasurable blessings in my life. Having the privilege of being married to Shauna, my wife. If you back up the story just before that, as some of you know, the wild journey we had of only dating for three and a half weeks before we got engaged. Uh, we were engaged uh, for about five months or so uh, before uh, we got married, a bit over that before we got married. And that journey was just a journey of so much joy. I vividly remember one step after another as God was bringing us uh, together. We were young, as you can imagine, and it was just such a time of excitement, but also a time of God really speaking to us. Some people thought we were crazy, and for good reason. Others marveled at the story that God was writing. 
But all I can say is that in the midst of the craziness, however crazy that seemed, for us it just seemed normal. We knew what God wanted. We knew that God was bringing us together. There was no doubt in Shauna's mind or in my mind. I, I will say, I got to the night before our wedding and I just had one extra prayer time of saying, God, I don't have any doubts, but if there's anything else you need to speak to me, no, I'm just, I'm just joking. It was just a, such a, I really did have that prayer time, but there wasn't anything for God to speak except just his, his deep affirmation of what he had shared with us over and over and over and over again. We encountered a similar journey when we were in Mississippi and it was time to move to California or we were in California and it was time to move to a mud hut in South Sudan. A, a similar journey when God called us into flying a plane to move missionaries around in South Sudan and so many other points in our lives and in your lives where, where God has spoken and made something clear. And when his when his will becomes clear, there are moments where faith is sight. Even though you can't see yet how it's going to play out, you know for sure that that's what God is calling you to do. And you know it seems crazy. You know, others might think it's crazy, and for good reason. If I was other people, I'd probably think it was crazy too. But for you, in that moment when you've heard from the living God, and there's no shadow of a doubt, that's what you need to do. Otherwise, it's disobedience, and otherwise, it's sin. So God has given us so many of those moments of just calling us to step out on faith. And one of the things that I think has been true in, in my life and probably in your lives as well is that if you're obedient in the first step, God will call you to another and then another and then another. As, and if you continue in that obedience, he will just take you down the most amazing journey of life. I have often thought that being a follower of Jesus has to be the most radically exhilarating thing you can do in this life. I cannot envision anything more wonderful, more powerful, more spectacular than knowing the true and the living God. In our passage today, as we continue our journey through the book of Matthew, we are looking at a passage that, that hinges on following God's will. You know, when, when I read the scriptures, I love just to read through and say, what is the main point of this passage? What, what is the main thing that maybe Jesus wants us to extract from what he's saying here? And I think you'll see it with me. So if you have your Bible, let's take a look in Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 46. While he was still speaking to the people, that's about what we heard last week out of Matthew chapter 12, earlier in the chapter. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, this passage may at first glance be a little bit jarring. You, you may say, or at least I did, as, as I was reading through this over and over through the years, like, why didn't Jesus just go to his mother and brother if they were waiting for him? Or, or what does he mean? Is he, 
Is he disregarding them in the process of honoring everybody else? But of course he's not. Jesus always has a purpose to what he's doing. The most intentional person who ever lived. Here Jesus is saying, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then answering, I think, another question that I've often had is, was this a conversation just between Jesus and the person who told him or Jesus and everybody there? But it says here, he stretched out his hand towards his disciples, which to me, I take to mean probably was a public comment. He's stretching out his hand to them. Now, we don't know. Maybe they were a long ways away. Maybe they were close. Maybe it was a private comment just between him and another man. But I suspect this was a teaching moment. Obviously, Matthew, one of the disciples, would have had to know about that, either because he heard it from Jesus or the man he was talking to, or because it was a public comment and he was able to hear it, capture it, and record it for us here. So I think it probably was a teaching moment for Jesus. He's stretching out his hand towards his disciples and he's saying, here are my mother and my brothers. Forever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus is making a point here, like a brief interlude, probably just before he went out to, to greet his mom and, and his brothers. He wanted to highlight something as he often did, something that would capture their attention and make them think where, where Jesus is saying here, here are my uh, mother and my brothers. Those who follow the will of God, they're my family, he's saying. Jesus obviously is not disregarding his biological family whom he deeply loved. You can read through the scriptures and just see the way he interacts with, with his with his family to know the depth of love and care that he had, and including uh, those who went on to prominence uh, in the early church, uh, like James, the half-brother of Jesus. They followed him uh, deeply, um, even after Jesus ascended into heaven, continuing to carry on this glorious message that he had brought to earth. But here's a central point, I think, of this passage. Verse 50, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So Jesus is saying, look, I've got my biological family, but my eternal family in this big picture, you've got the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of God, my eternal family within this kingdom of God, all those who will be in heaven, that is my family I want to talk about, and that's the family who follows the will of God, Jesus is saying. I love how we talk about our church as a family. We will address one another, and even as I often do to say high hope family. It's just such a beautiful picture of what family means. If you, if you think about our church family, I've heard it said multiple times through the years by hopefuls that they feel closer in so many ways to our church family than even to their biological family. Maybe the biological family lives a ways off. Maybe the biological family um, is not following Jesus. Maybe there's not that same level of transparency and and loving accountability that, that we have the privilege, this deep covenant community that we so love within our Hope family. But it sets apart what the family of God should look like. We love deeply. We give generously. We pray for one another. We chase after uh, one another. We are those who, who walk together 
in this cherished gift of covenant community. And I think that's what Jesus is alluding to here. It's, the, it's that the family of God is set apart. It, it, it's something that transcends the biological family because it's taking us into that spiritual sphere where we are in the kingdom of God. Now, we have talked about many times over the year how, how there are only two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. When you're born, you're not born into the kingdom of God because you're not yet a follower of Jesus. You are born, all of us are, uh, into sin. We're born into the kingdom of Satan. But when God saves us, the book of Colossians tells us, he plucks us out of the kingdom of Satan into his kingdom. The most glorious transfer that could ever happen in any of our lives because it saves us from this fast track to sin and devastation and death and hell and an eternity removed from God and transfers us into the kingdom of God that is replete with love and, and mercy and grace and kindness and warmth and a God who cares for us like we cannot even fathom. So when we come together as a church, we are embodying that. We are embodying the kingdom of God. We want people to be able to walk into our services on Sunday evening and just say, there is something different in here. There is something tangible about love and, and mercy and grace and all the attributes of God that are flowing through us by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. In other words, someone can come amongst us in a home group or in a service on a Sunday evening and just say, this place is different. Why? Because the presence of God is with us, because we are part of his kingdom, a part of his family. Getting to be a part of the family of God is something I profoundly cherish. I love the church. I love our church, Hope Church. I love what the church represents. I love that scripture calls us the bride of Christ. I love that the church is worth fighting for and worth dying for because we cherish the church. We cherish what it means to be a part of the family of God in a global expression, the universal church, and in a local expression, our specific church, Hope Church. And Hope family, I am so moved by the way that you all live out what it means to be family. The way that you care for one another and give to one another and pray for one another and walk with one another is so powerful to me. It has changed my life. I look at church differently having had this journey together with you. I have always loved the church theologically, but the last decade with you all has made me love the church even more practically. I've been so transformed by our journey in so many ways, but one of those is just how loved I felt and how loved our family has felt by the depth of this covenant community. It's just a pure gift. So when Jesus here in this passage is talking about what it means to be a part of the family of God, I say, yes, I love being a part of the family of God. I can't imagine anything sweeter or richer than what it means to be connected with Jesus and connected with his bride. That is a pure gift. So, how do we get to be connected with Jesus? Well, that's back to verse 50. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister 
and my mother. So it's, it's all about doing the will of his Father in heaven. So get this, get this picture. You have God the Father who's in heaven, Jesus the Son who's the one speaking, and the Holy Spirit who's working throughout the earth and in the hearts and lives of all who know Jesus and have been saved by him. So Jesus is saying, got to do the will of my Father in heaven. So that's God's will. We, we have to do God's will in order to be together in his family, which makes sense. If we're not doing God's will, then we're not following him. And if we're not following him, we can't be a part of his family or his kingdom, which means uh, we would still be in the kingdom of Satan. But that moment where we hear the glorious news of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, where we believe it, where we surrender our hearts and lives to him, that's where we are transferred from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. We come into his family. That's what the story of Jesus is all about, how in the beginning God had created everything perfectly, but people sinned against God. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman sinned, and everybody after them has sinned. We've all sinned. And so we are caught up in a world that is filled with the work of Satan and with evil and the temptation for our own hearts and lives to follow Satan rather than following God. But when he moves in us, when he reveals himself to us, when we fall so in love with him, we then surrender everything to him and we give him our life. We don't own it anymore. So that we can follow his will. So that we believe in who he is and what he's done for us, that he loves us, that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and after living a perfect life to become that perfect sacrifice for us, that he would rise from the dead uh, on the third day and spend another 40 days on earth before he ascended uh, into heaven, that God would send his Holy Spirit to live in the hearts of all who believe in him and are saved by him. This glorious news of the gospel, the story of Jesus, the good news of what he's done for us. We have to believe that, but also uh, be totally surrendered to him. Jesus said it so succinctly in Mark chapter 1. The message was repent and believe. So belief we, we get. That's just a, an assent to the reality of what God's done. We believe that. The repentance part is harder for most of us, where we have to empty ourselves of ourselves, repent of our sins and the things that we've done, and follow Jesus fully. So that's what he's alluding to here. It's those who follow the will of God, who surrendered everything to God and are following him with all they have. Some of you may be with us tonight where you've never had that moment of surrender. Maybe you've heard some things about Jesus in the past. Maybe you're hearing uh, more tonight and maybe God will touch your heart towards a, a moment of, of true surrender where you can just open your hands and your heart uh, to God and allow him to bring you into uh, his kingdom through that uh, repentance, through that uh, surrender. So God in the process of saving you and bringing you into his family will move in you towards that complete surrender to him. And then it's just pure faith in who God is and this commitment to follow him and whatever he has for us. 
for those of us who have followed Jesus in the past, we know that what happens next is you run into life and you, and you have those trials and those, those challenges that are, are pulling on you where, where at times you fall prey to the temptation to follow yourself rather than God, to do your will rather than God's which then hopefully in each one of us leads us to immediate surrender uh, to God yet again. We repent uh, yet again and we begin to follow, follow him again. Hopefully we do not stay in that pit of unsurrender. But I'm going to shoot straight with this. Here's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that over the years... There has been a church culture in the U.S. that, and, and probably in other parts of the world too, but I just want to talk specifically about, um, about our church culture, that has given rise to the idea that as long as you're surrendered in most areas, it's okay if you're not surrendered in other areas because those are more peripheral areas. Or, or it gives you the thought that maybe one day I can deal uh, with those areas. But if we're going to read this passage at face value, which is exactly how I think Jesus intended us to take it, we are called within the family of God to be faithful to God's will, whatever it means, to live or to die. The challenge for so many of us is that when life happens, we are so affected by our culture at large and our church culture, which maybe would tell us, okay, on the big things, you got to follow God. But the, these other things, uh, that's just for people who are, 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 are maybe further down the road. Or, or, or maybe that's just, it's just easier for some people, but, it, but it's harder for me and I'm just not there yet. Or, or whatever the reasons are, only you know your heart. And my prayer coming into the study of this passage this evening has been that God would both powerfully remind us of the exorbitant gift of being together within the family of God and that he would stir in us. If there are any of us where he's been long wanting to work in us towards a point of surrender in our lives, maybe it's moving internationally as a missionary. That's not easy. That takes a level of surrender. Maybe it's to walk away from a higher paying job because God is leading you to another one. Maybe he's calling you to move to another part of, of Houston so you can reach out to people who are there. Maybe there's a ministry that God has wanted you to get a part of. Maybe he wants you to share the gospel with a, a family member. You don't even know where to begin. It just seems so overwhelming. And there are a thousand other things that maybe God's put on some of our hearts where he just wants us to take the next step. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know how to do it. But that's where it comes back to the family of God because we don't have to do it alone. And so I want to ask us, Hope Family, if right now, in this moment, we can allow the presence of God to move in us and to touch us and to make things clear. I want to pray a short prayer 
it's not the end of the sermon, so if you are part of the praise team or the prayer team, uh, oh, hold on just a minute. But I want to pray a short prayer in this moment and just ask God by his divine power to touch us. I love where Psalm says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and see if there is any offensive way in me. The scripture says, lead me in the way everlasting. And so we're simply gonna pray that and just ask God to search our hearts, make clear anything that's there, and even right in this moment, speak to us and move in us. Spirit of living God, we ask that you would stir all across this place. I pray for those who are feeling fear already because they know exactly what you want them to do. And I pray with my whole heart, you bring them peace. Let them feel your love. Let them be reminded of your, your sovereign care, that you are with them. You're not calling them to do something on their own. You're only calling them to do something that you will carry them through. And I pray with my whole heart that this would be a moment of surrender. I pray for each one of us, myself and each one of us. God, we just reveal anything that's there. Search us and try us. Reveal to us that there's anything that is not according to your will. Anything that you want in us. Maybe something we blocked out long ago, we don't even remember it. I ask that you would touch us right now. We are hungry for you, God. We want more of you. And we want to be faithful to walk in your will in every way. We may be scared to death right now, but we know you're with us. So may the clarity of your will and the peace of your spirit and the transforming power of your name work in us right now to lead us to fullness in following you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to read the passage for us one more time. And I want to encourage you, if God, if God spoke something to you in that moment, if, if you know something he's wanting to do in you, that even if I'm reading this, as I'm reading this passage, you just, just open your hands and your hearts to him. Just, just allow him in this moment just to receive the, the fullness, the fullness of all that you have as you follow him. While he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my brother and my mothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. If you have never followed Jesus, I can't think of any greater reason to follow him than to know you'll be a part of his family and you will be with him forever. If you have followed Jesus for some time, but you've just gotten stuck on some area of, of unsurrender, I know what that's like. I think we all do. I want to encourage you to let this time right now be the time where God leads you into freedom and fullness in Him by His power, just trusting Him. I love the old hymn. It says, trust and obey. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. 
I love you, Hope family. I am unbelievably grateful to be a part of this journey together and to be a family together in Christ. I don't even have words for how much we, the Swan family, cherish this journey. It is beyond anything that we could ever describe. And one of the reasons I love it is because we can run so hard after Jesus together. I wanna just keep leaning in and receive all that God has for us and to see him take us to new places in him. Let me ask our prayer team and our music team to come now and as you stand, I wanna encourage you not to let this moment pass you by. If God has touched your heart, I wanna encourage you that your surrender to him is simply opening the door for his spirit to do what he's going to do. It does not mean you having to go out or me having to go out and somehow conquer this challenge on our own. It just means that we're saying, Holy Spirit, just do your work in us, whatever that looks like and whatever it means, I'm going to do it. You show me what you want. My answer is yes, I'm going to do it. I love you so much, Hope family. Let's pray together as we move into this time of response. Father, we love you. We feel so loved by you. We thank you that you are with us in this moment, that your spirit is touching us in this space, all across this space. Father, I want to pray for boldness, conviction, faithfulness, and trust. And that as guests and covenant members respond after my prayer and just come forward to receive prayer from the prayer team, that there would just be that simple trust, even in the midst of anxiety of, oh, I don't know what I'm getting, my into, getting myself into, but just simple trust that God has made this clear, so I'm going to do it. And Father, I pray for those who, where maybe things even aren't clear. Maybe they're coming forward for prayer to continue to wrestle with it. Whatever it is, just pray for mass faithfulness, mass obedience throughout our whole family. Just that simple trust and obey in who you are. God, thank you that you don't just save us and leave us. Think of that you do your work in us. Think of that there's nothing more exhilarating than be a part of your family as we're walking with you in whatever you call us to do. And I pray that it would be bigger and greater than we could ever imagine as we experience the fullness of your work in us and that our lives would not be shaped by what we want, but what you want. We can't wait to see what you're going to do. We love you so much, and I'm just so full of joy and gratitude to get to follow you together with our Hope family. May your name be praised, and may your spirit move in power now. We pray in Jesus' name.